Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Brian's Toys. At Brian'sToys.com, you can find Star Wars toys and collectibles from 1977 to the present. Brian's Toys has it all, from vintage toys and action figures right up to the latest releases. And when checking out, be sure to say you were referred to Brian's Toys by Star Wars Action News. So go check out the world's largest selection of Star Wars toys at Brian'sToys.com. listening to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and updates, helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other Star Wars Action News listeners, and much more, including information on how you can be part of the show. Hello, welcome to another episode of Star Wars Action News. I'm Marjorie. I'm Arnie, and we are back in the studio, finally. It seems like forever since we've recorded a normal episode of Star Wars Action News. Yeah, it's kind of weird to be fully rested and not hot and then not cold and... Not, not tired. That's yes. the key. Not tired. And not paying $6 for a small bottle of water. We recorded our last episode on Sunday afternoon, and we got a few comments that it looked like we were ready to pass out. It's hard. It is long days. Again, what's the rule? Four hours sleep a night, one shower a day, two meals a day? Something like that. We may have stayed out too late the night before. I'm not really sure. Who's to judge? Come on. But it's good to be back and be able to absorb some of the Comic-Con news. I mean, it seems like when you're there, there's so much thrown at us from cool new Kotobukiya statues to sideshow teases to hot toys getting in on the one six scale market. I mean, so much hitting us that we've had a chance to come home. Our boxes have followed us home. Yeah, I think all the laundry's done. Everything's unpacked. We're good. And then I spent the next week after getting back stalking Hasbro Toy Shop so I could send out a new release newsletter and post to our Facebook and Twitter when that Jabba finally went up at HasbroToyShop.com. They had people mad. They spent over a week. It was a week from the following Monday that they finally put it up for order and sold out fast. Well, there's no guarantees of what day it's going up. There's tradition. And so people were so angry. And I, they put it up eventually. It's okay. Relax. Facebook isn't exactly the place for level-headedness, and I saw some places, not on our page, but other places, people like, well, that's it. Hasbro made me go to eBay and spend $170. No, they didn't. You went to eBay by your own choice. You used your own free will to go to eBay, because you were impatient. Yeah, I don't really see that as Hasbro's action. Then I had other people, and again, Facebook level-headedness, all that. Well, that's what the internet's for, is rational and thoughtful judgments and comments. But by Thursday, people are like, well, that's it. I'm done to Star Wars collecting all together because they didn't put the Jabba up. Are you going to pick your nose up off the floor now? Yeah, it seemed a little bit extreme. Maybe they were looking for any excuse to stop collecting. But that's the kind of thing I was seeing. But the next Monday, it was put up at their usual time of around 10 o'clock Central. And I know a lot of people from our Facebook page and our newsletter did get one. Because they were up for, I'd say, an hour or so. 
So you had plenty of time to get there. It wasn't like a flash sale where you had like five minutes to get it. Every time I pre-order something now, I think I have PBSD, Post Black Hole Stormtrooper Stress Anxiety. That is a real condition. I saw a commercial about it the other day. So every time something comes up, I'm like, oh my God, and I'm refreshing. I refreshed Hasbro regularly so I could post when it was sold out. And yeah, it was an hour. So I'm not saying it wasn't a flash sale. One hour is a short time versus non-exclusive items that are up for days, weeks, months, and years. But it did go back up sporadically. It was up last Thursday for a couple of hours. So it was up twice. No, it would pop in and out of stock for uh. a while. But now that we're home and we've talked so much about the trouble getting the Java, is it worth it? We're going to review the Java. And I'm just going to answer my own question. Very worth it. And one of those rare collectibles. I was kind of down on that Death Star set a few years ago that was a big cardboard Death Star with just regular figures that you could get on shelves in it, plus the mouse droid and the salacious crumb. I was ever so slightly down on the Cloud City set, even though it had the Jar Jar and Carbonite. But this set, I was a little bit down on it going in. It's a cardboard box and a salacious crumb. And because of salacious crumb, I really wanted it, but he's such a small piece. But getting it, seeing the care they put into the package, I think that given that the dais upon which Jabba sits is cardboard. It is very cardboard, 100% cardboard. There's still enough uniqueness here that sets it head and shoulders above the regular retail Jabba. But to start with the box, when I got home and opened it up, I hadn't even opened it at the con. I mean, I took it straight from Hasbro to FedEx. But the box itself has quite a bit of the spot UV application of ink to make glossy sections. At first, I wasn't sure if I had a box with an error because it looked like some of it had dripped around. But I think they're just going to say Jabba's palace isn't the cleanest place in the galaxy. Well, no. I mean, he doesn't appear to be a good housekeeper. And he had a lot of weird people there. And I bet a lot of them didn't pick up after themselves. They're terrible house guests. But I had thought that the box, when I opened it, would be a window box. And then I'd have to take the dais and everything out of it and just set cardboard out on the shelf. And that's not the case. When you open it up, it's supposed to just be a diorama right there. They use the spot UV on the flap that folds down in front of Jabba to kind of replicate the pattern of the trap door to the Rancor pit. And... The fact that there is no clear cellophane there makes me really happy because window boxes, they crease so easily. And the moment they crease, they get that white spot and then there's yellowing involved. I much prefer this box where the cardboard encases around it versus having that clear plastic there. Now, I was just playing with it. And speaking of clear plastic, they've got him positioned in there so he doesn't roll around. With some clear plastic, you know, on the front and over his tail, so Salacious Crumb has a place to sit. But it looks like that's attached to the bottom of the box, so you'd have to get an X-Acto knife out to cut that, or else he stays encased in some plastic. Like his hookah has this piece of plastic holding it, even though it has a base, there's a piece of plastic holding it in the container, but you'd have to cut that off of the inside of the box to have it without the plastic. I hadn't noticed that, and it gets worse. That plastic, which the hookah is sitting on and which keeps Java in place, is glued to the cardboard at the bottom. So you'd either have to exacto knife it off and either be 
an exacting customizer or live with the fact that there's going to be a few jaggies because I cut all my bubbles off the cards to keep the cards good, but it's never perfect. Or you just leave the transparent plastic there so that you can always return it to a mint in mint box state. They've also balanced Alicia's Crumb's arm so that he looks like a prisoner almost in the electric chair. Well, that's so he doesn't get rowdy. But honestly, as much as I'm praising the box, I only think the box is okay. I mean, the printing behind him and on the sides, it's kind of nice. One of the... I can't decide if I love this or if they're trying to shiv collectors who missed out on the Boba Fett, Han, and Carbonite set. But Marjorie pointed out to me as I was opening it, there's a cardboard Han and Carbonite on the side, but he's like a bar of soap, <laughs> and he's held up by more cardboard. And then I realized, oh, that's so you can take the previous Comic-Con exclusive Han and Carbonite and display it in Jabba's box. Literally in Jabba's box, on the wall yeah. of the box. Even though I think in the movie he was across the way. Well, semantics. Yeah. But they did some weird things with the box. As much as I like having the Han holder and the spot UV, they possibly just for box stability reasons kept a lip along the sides and more importantly the top. It's like Jabba's sitting under a small awning. Well, I am pretty sure that is for the box stability because otherwise you would just have a mess and things would crumple. They have to have something to attach these to and then hold it. And the way these boxes flapped up, you wouldn't be able to have enough stability to even ship these or put these in cartons. Yeah, but it makes the impression that Job is sitting on his lanai. It does look like he's on his covered porch. At least what they could have done is made those fold backable too. They could have left them there, but they could have Velcroed them or something to make it so they would fold back as well. So it's a great idea. It's not perfectly executed, but it's what we've got. I think in the box, it's an okay diorama. The lip and some of the other things kind of bother me, but it's not bad. And I'm no diorama builder. It's better than anything I could do. And if you wanted to cut off all the plastic and the side pieces are held on with tabs, so the side and back pieces will come off, but the base, you still need to exacto knife like a bubbled figure. But... When you do that, you have outside with no lanai at least a dais and a picture to put behind your figure. And I used to go to websites that would offer backgrounds like the trash compactor and things. And this is back in the 90s when inkjet printers were horrible. <laughs> but I still used a horrible inkjet printer just to have a backdrop for my photos to set against. And this is a little bit better than that because it does have a photo of a dais, if not something I will deign to call an actual dais. <laughs> but what I like about this, the reason I say it's head and tails above the retail is because of the accessories you get. Now let's look at the Jabba. The Jabba is the exact same as the retail Jabba. And they didn't really pioneer any new toy making techniques with him. He's hollow and reminds me a lot of the old Rancors we used to buy. And his head is rubbery versus the rest of his body, which is plasticky. Completely different types of material. I see what you mean, but I, I think the head is just solid rubber. I think the body is hollow rubber because you can squeeze him and you can feel him kind of deflate. It honestly reminds me of a woman's clutch with nothing in it. So a purse? Well, a specifically small purse, okay. yes. 
But you know how those feel like when you say, get me my purse, and sometimes your purse is bursting with stuff like at Comic-Con. And so I hand it to you. It's like carrying a lug of coins. Mm -hmm. And other times, like a normal day, you say, hand me my purse. And it feels like this. It just kind of deflates when you touch it. The paint apps are really good, though. I love the green. I love the beige. I love the wash or the way it kind of goes into each other and fades. They even painted the bottom of him, which seems a little bit overdone, given that he apparently is into branding. Well, yeah, he's going to tell you where he's from. It's kind of creepy on the bottom, isn't it? That he's so flat. I mean, I imagine he's flat when he lays there, but I would imagine him to have some shape, I guess, in the bottom. What I find creepier are the little, like... Suction, suction cup things. Yeah. He has them on the front, too, but they go under. But I guess his fraternity liked branding that said copyright and trademark Lucasfilm Limited made in China. They did love that. But the head does turn. So you've got a little of articulation there. And somebody asked me, I can't remember who, at Comic-Con, does his mouth move? Because they saw photos and the mouth looked different than it did sitting there. It turns out they have... I dare not call it articulation, but a play feature, perhaps, where you move his arm and his mouth actually opens up and bo shooda. And it's kind of cool, but they click sometimes, and I was always worried I was breaking him. Not like that. I think that's just the ratcheting of the arm pieces. Most figures that have play features do that kind of ratchet sound, and... I wouldn't do it forever, but yes, every so often it does do that. But yet you can move his arms around a little bit so that you can put him in the arms up. I'm upset at C-3PO pose. And, <laughs> and they did a really phenomenal job on his eyes. He has Betty Davis eyes after she's had a bender. He does have creepy eyes. Very cat-like. So he's a very good figure. I like the painted on drool, even though... It looks like something I can't say on the show. It does, yes. It's not drool-like. Perhaps he was eating some Twinkies. Or white out. Maybe he still never grew out of eating paste. Maybe Stinky put some paste in his mouth. Yes, that's it. But they did a good detail. I mean, I talked about branding, but he has his little tattoo on the arm there. Oh, he does. That's good. That's very nice. So it's a good Jabba. I mean, with Hasbro getting into these larger figures, I'm excited for Jabba. I'd be excited for the regular Java, except I'd always know what I was missing. And in the case of this Java, I really feel like Hasbro did a bit of a disservice in choosing to make Salacious Crumb exclusive. Because how do you have a Return of the Jedi Java and not have Salacious Crumb there with the ha <laughs> That was pretty good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And he's got the rubbery tail and some tail articulation. I mean, he's mostly an accessory. But there are hinged shoulders and hinged thighs. You can pose him. You can spread his legs wider or make him knock-kneed. That is nice he has a lot of articulation because I figured he would just be like a little rubber figure. But it's nice that he is articulated. And he's got a fur collar like the Muppet mm -hmm. that he was and the floppy ears and the wrinkled waddle. I mean, great detail on this salacious crumb. They didn't laze out with him at all. And... I think that, honestly, the regular edition Jabba the Hutt should have come with Salacious Crumb. I just think he's an important character. But then again, they're really just jabbing that knife home. I mean, Han and Carbonite, major thing. I mean, my personal collecting focus. Salacious Crumb, I feel that's a pretty major part of the Jabba package. 
Then, in the very nice to have, while the dais and all the backdrop and everything were cardboard, his hookah and his hookah stand, which is a wraparound hookah stand. I mean, it's almost like a love seat for a hut. I didn't even see that in the box. Yeah, it really gets obscured by Jabba himself in the box. I wasn't even sure because of the way the clear plastic was if the green hookah thing was just sitting on the plastic, but it was actually sitting on this brown base. So in a loose collector's display, this still adds a lot of value. I mean, I go back to the vintage Jabba, and I don't think you can get better than vintage Jabba, which had a plastic dais that opened up like a trapdoor and a hookah and a salacious crumb. I mean, you had the whole nine yards on that. But this is a nice display accessory to put around your Jabba, even if you don't use the cardboard in the dais. And the intricacy with which they molded the hookah, I've seen real hookahs with less ornate detailing. This is really nice. And actually, from far away, I thought it actually had liquid in it. But it turns out they have, looks like they filled it with a plastic. Oh, I see what they've done. It's colored green, but then it's got a like a plug in it. Which makes it look like it's full, so you can see the stuff hanging in the bottom, little frog things that he eats or whatever's in there. That is awesome. So it's not solid at the bottom, but it's an illusion, and it looks really cool. Don't try to take it apart, Arnie. I wasn't sure if it opened up so he could reach in and grab a froggy. The old one did. But these are nice accessories that take a good hut and provide a, in my opinion, massive upgrade. Now that I have this, there's absolutely no reason to own the regular edition. I love having the salacious crumb, and I do hope our listeners subscribe to our new release newsletter and were able to get one in time or follow us on Facebook and Twitter and were able to get one when they were put back up because it's just so much better a set than the retail one. I feel the retail one, you look at that box, it's a big window box with the cellophane and Jabba's in there. And he honestly, it looks like the box is one size too big for him. I'm sure that it's because of planograms and this is the size they had to fit, but Jabba looks a little puny in that box. This is a good display, and finally, for people who like to keep their stuff in box, you can still display it in that box if you choose to. I feel they cheaped out on one other thing with that box, though. The lid has on the inside, in big, glossy letters, the Black Series, and the lid is so tall you can't fold it behind. It's too tall. It's taller than the box itself. Basically, you paid a lot of money for advertising for them. I'm sure if you really wanted to force the box, you could push that lip up a certain way, but that was a little bit of a shame. But then there was another Hasbro exclusive, and this one, nowhere near as cool. After being so impressed with Jabba, I waited. I didn't buy this at the con because it would have just been one more thing for me to ship home. And Why buy it there if it's available elsewhere? I bought it at the con, meaning I was literally standing on the exhibit floor when I went to ToysRUs.com and hit add to cart. So that counts, right? But it is the Toys R Us. They call it, quote, San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. But how exclusive is it if you can just walk into your local store and get it? Han and Greedo. And I guess here... I might be slightly hypocritical because when reviewing the Jabba, I'm like, Hasbro, how could you take all these cool accessories and make them exclusive? And now I'm like, Hasbro, how could you take two figures that are sitting on shelves already 
throw them in a different box and call it an exclusive. That is the rub with this one, is if you go into any of your retail stores. Or like, Barnes & Noble. Yes, or Barnes & Noble. What's a retail store? You're going to find a plethora of Han and Greedo's on the peg from the 6-inch Black Series. Specifically Greedo. Han is still a little bit harder to find, but he's shipping again. He's going to be easier to find in time. And I have both of these figures. I have them loose. And as such, I'm not a mint-in-box collector. I'm just... I decided that I don't want to do that, even though window boxes look really nice. But I do like Greedo. Greedo is another character focus. So I am making an exception in keeping this mint-in-box. I have no desire to ever open this box. Because in it are the exact same two figures that I already have opened and that we've reviewed previously on the show sitting on cardboard chairs with a cardboard table that in the package, the weight of Han's foot is already starting to collapse. <laughs> That's comical. With a cardboard backdrop, not nearly as ornate as Jabba's, just sandstone backdrop. I, I like how they're sitting on a cushion of plastic, though. They have like little faux plastic chairs. I don't know if they're supposed to be sitting as they were in the movie or if they're supposed to be doing some kind of Matrix move and I should be doing a 360 <laughs> degree rotation as Han is floating over the chair and doesn't look like he's sitting casually with his leg up so much as it looks like he's falling backwards. He's tripping, falling into his seat, maybe. His hand is up. And Harrison Ford had that great, my hand is up here, pay no attention to the hand under the table. I'm just. And then he shot first. He did shoot first, absolutely. But I love that little hand movement. But here, with in the package, with his arm up like that, it's like, whoops! He's falling backwards. So Han fell first. <laughs> and Greedo, because of the plastic, his head spines are rubbing against the top of the window box. Oh, that's not good. It's not good for the Greedo. It's not good for the box. It's not good for anyone. I like how they call it a play set in all their advertising they were calling it an exclusive san diego comic-con playset, and then everybody saw pictures and were like oh that's not a playset." well i kind of felt that way when i saw the pictures of jabba and here i was hoping when i got my toys r us box in that i'd be happily surprised no they had a chance here to give us some accessories i mean what do i hear every time i go to toy fair every time i go to comic-con what is it Adult collectors, I honestly don't hear kids asking for this, but adult collectors, specifically my age and older, want playsets because we grew up with playsets. We had the sand crawler with the droids. We had the Death Star with the three levels and the trash compactor. We had Darth Vader's Star Destroyer. We want playsets because... Honestly, I admire the diorama builders out there, but some of us don't have time. And if they sold us a playset, we have some place to put our figures. But here, they had a chance to give those collectors a little something. The way they gave us the wraparound armrest for Jabba, they could have given us two chairs and a table. No, we got cardboard that's folded origami style. And I fear that if you open this one, one, you're going to destroy the package and the window box is going to get all messy. And two, if you take that plastic out of their seats, I bet they can't sit right. And this, to me, screams not a Comic-Con exclusive. You know what this is? This is a gift set for kids at Christmas. This is a way for parents or possibly wives who aren't into the hobby to go, my son slash husband loves Star Wars. Here's two figures in a box. It's a gift set. 
But what it's not is something for collectors because the collectors have these figures already. If you see this set marked down, and make no mistake, I have seen plenty of quote Comic-Con exclusives <laughs> unquote marked 50%, 60% off at Toys R Us. They did an X-Men set that I got for 60% off in stores. If you see this set cheaper than the retail figures, great! If you're a mint and box collector, especially if you're a completist, well, you probably already have it. But for the loose collector of the six-inch figures, there's nothing here for you except a chrome Toys R Us sticker. So I think Hasbro really hit it out of the park with Jabba and then totally whiffed with Cantina Showdown. I would love Cantina Showdown to be so cool. I mean, Greedo, I would just love that. As for the exclusives I missed, we talked about in our Comic-Con coverage. I might have gone and done some eBay window shopping to see if I could right past wrongs. And in fact, even before Comic-Con, I'm like, that Black Hole Stormtrooper, it'll be so much easier to pay an eBay reseller slash scalper for the convenience of not having to ship that thing home. Yes, because that was huge. People had to stick it in their backpack. Yeah, no. Yeah, we felt very lucky. We had no oversized items this year, but we would have with that not even taking into account the enormous demand for that Black Hole Stormtrooper and those crazy lines that there's no way I could have sat in and still done the interviews and the coverage that we had to do for the show. Well, what's funny is so many of these 31-inch figures are on clearance at Target and Walmart. I never would have imagined the allure of the Black Hole Stormtrooper would be this. So I went and I took a look to see the average sale price on eBay. And I sale price. I know enough to click completed sold listings to see what I'm looking at. 200 bucks. How much was shipping? Crazy, I bet. I'm not even going to think about that. I saw some sell as low as 170 some sold as high as 250 Some crazy people, even though they weren't selling anywhere near this, are listing them for buy it nows of 300 Wow. So I just don't need that black hole that badly. I skipped the black hole Stormtrooper premium format figure from Sideshow, even though I loved it, just on the moral grounds that I won't support premium format repaints. But I could buy that Black Hole Stormtrooper I like a lot more for the price this is going for. Yeah, you could. As for the Hot Wheels Vader car, the Hot Wheels are starting to hit stores. I have no interest in them. Well, and I went by the Mattel booth quite a few times to see if I could get in line. Because previous years, Mattel's been a breeze. But this year, they had a powerhouse going with all different kinds of stuff. And every single time I went by, the line was capped. Now, I've heard some rumblings that there was something going on where you couldn't just go and get in line. You'd have a ticket, but they weren't handing them out like Hasbro did. They were just randomly handing people walking by. I didn't hear that, but I did go by their booth multiple times. The line would dissipate, and by mid-afternoon, you could just walk up and buy whatever they had left. But they never had the Star mm -hmm. Wars Hot Wheel left. No, it was never out in the afternoon. But it's not doing so bad. I mean, the Black Hole Stormtrooper, that thing's gone up 300 to 400%. The Hot Wheels Vader car has only about doubled in price. I could get one for 100 bucks. which, honestly, the $60 surplus fee there is almost worth my time at Comic-Con. Yeah, because if you're not careful, you'll end up spending upwards of three to six hours in a line. Yeah, I was talking with Justin about this. When we were dealing with some of the people in the Hasbro line, there are people who spend their entire con sitting in line to pay for their con by selling the stuff they've bought. But 
are they actually enjoying the con if all they're doing is breaking even on their flights and hotels? Yeah, why go if all you're going to do is stand in line? So if I decide I need that Hot Wheels Vader car, and honestly, every day that passes from San Diego Comic-Con, the less I feel I need that Vader car and the more I feel like that $100 could be put towards something better, something nicer, a bigger display piece, then... I think I may pass on that. I don't know. If we get to New Year's and I don't have the Vader Hot Wheels, then I'm probably not getting it unless it bottoms out. And it may. You never know. The hype is still high on these. In three months, these all may be selling for just about what they cost. I've seen some Comic-Con exclusives that bottom out to the point where you can't even get the retail price for them. You actually have to sell them at a loss. So I'd definitely buy that Black Hole Stormtrooper if somebody was taking a loss. (laughs) But one thing that I don't think we discussed that was announced at Comic-Con, craziness. If you bought your pass to Star Wars Celebration at Comic-Con, you were getting an exclusive pin. And I was thinking, I've got a pass, but do I need a pin? And I considered buying a pass just for a pin. I Thankfully, sanity prevailed. Yay. And I'm glad it did because... We all know I'm an in-for-a-penny-in-for-a-pound kind of guy. Yes. If I had a single pin, I would probably be driven mad. We know this. Because Reed Pop announced the Star Wars Celebration Pin Trading Program. So, like Disney. Well, I'm thinking of it like Star Tots on steroids. <laughs> because we all know the collector's area has had phenomenal success with their giveaways, the coins, the star tots, the cereal boxes. It leads to a packed house for almost every panel. And sometimes, I know the panels are good. I love going to them. But sometimes the question is, are they in the panel for the panel or are they in the panel for the collectible? That completism, you know, it it gets you. I'm not the only one out there. Well, here for Star Wars Celebration... Anaheim. They're not calling it Celebration 7. They're getting away from numbering lest it become... Yes. There's going to be 45 unique pins. Wow. That's going to be crazy. I don't know how... I mean, you just can't collect these. How are you going to do it? Just take what you can get and... You can buy some from the Celebration store. And those went on sale last Friday. And that's the early bird set. You get, like the old one, Luke, Leia, Chewie, and R2. Then there's X-Wing Luke, which was just the Comic-Con one. So some you can purchase. Others are available exclusively at special events like Comic-Con. How much you want to bet there's a D23 pin? D23 is after celebration. I understand that. That would be a bugger. And then some of the pins you can only get by trading with select members of the celebration crew. Now... I don't know if they realize what they've opened up here, but this just means every member of the Celebration crew is going to be mobbed. Yeah. You're going to feel like Elvis Presley has come back to life for the amount of people that are going to swarm you and accost you. But instead of, can I have an autograph? Can I have a picture? It's, can I have a pin? Mm -hmm. This seems... Like, insanity. I'm really curious. Maybe they have this all planned out. Maybe this is going to be the most phenomenal thing ever. But to me, this sounds like chaos for the convention organizer and chaos for 
any collector who's going to try to get them all. I mean, I've seen what some of those Star Tots sets go for. I mean, again, giveaways that sell for hundreds and hundreds of dollars online. This, I could see this being a four-figure set for somebody who gets them all, realistically. Now, it's very similar to the pin trading at Disney. No surprise now here. And what they do at Disney is you have pins. If the cast members have a pin that you like on their lanyard or on their shirt, you can trade them one of your pins for their pin. But this is going to be a problem if this is how it's going to work because Star Wars fans aren't going to want to trade. You're going to want to keep. So I'm hoping it's you just get the pin. Well... You can trade by buying more in the Celebration store or buying multiple early bird kits, and you're going to see crew members walking around with a ton of Lukes. True. Now, this pin design, it's kind of quirky, and it's kind of funny. I mean, I really love the Chewbacca. I mean, he looks startled or like he's laughing. Luke looks mopey. Leia looks devious. She looks a little bit like Cruella DeVille. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about these. I I wanted to be in love with every single one of these, but I'm not yet. Well, it's based off of art by Christopher Lee, and no, not the actor who (laughs) played Count Dooku, but an artist named Christopher Lee who did a action figure compendium poster. That's making it even worse for collectors because these are based off the action figures. He did like a card back, the 92 card back to be specific, in his style. And I'm looking at that. And you ask, you know, how to go about this. I will try. If they sell directly to me, so much the better. If they are trade with cast member type things, then I may try to seek out a cast member or head to eBay. But I'm going to stick to my character focus. I want the Greedo if they do one. I want the Haunted Carbonite if they do one. And the Haunted Carbonite, there's a silhouette there. I'm saying if, and there's a Greedo right next to him. I'm saying if just because it's not officially announced. If I can get a few other cool characters without overpaying or without working too hard, like Luke, Vader, Boba Fett, the iconic ones, I'll pick them up. But I'm not going to obsess over this because down this road lies madness. It does. I agree. But let us know what you're doing. This is really a question I had. I took it immediately to Facebook. Come to our forums. Come to our Facebook. How do you feel about the pins? I mean, is this getting you excited? I'm really interested now that Marjorie's pointed out the Disney connection. If you're a Disney folk, is this really hitting you because you're a Disney pin collector and you want to do more of that type of thing? And also in our forums, there's an official Celebration Anaheim Hotel Master List. If you want to find some friends at the con, some friends who also listen to Star Wars Action News, come to our forums and say where you're staying and... Echo 3 on the forums has done a nice job of listing all of the hotels, how far they are from the con, and how much their nightly rate is. So if you don't know where you're staying, he can help you out. We'll have links to that from the Star Wars Action News homepage. Next up, we have Jonathan, who took a trip that sounds like a lot of fun. He went to Alaska. He's going to talk about what he found in Alaska and in other stores. Hello and welcome back to On The Pegs, where we discuss what's being found in stores and online. I'm Jonathan, and I'm pleased to report that collectors can stop going through withdrawal because new Star Wars product is hitting everywhere. That's right, so I hope during the slow period you squirreled a little bit away, because if you're a completist like me, it's going to cost you. First up is the Black Series 3 and 3 quarter inch figures. Now although Wave 4 shipped from online retailers a few weeks back, this past week I started finding indications that they were also hitting brick and mortar stores. 
Just today I found the entire wave on the pegs of my local Target. I was able to pick up openers of each figure and there was enough there that I was also able to pick up an additional Snowtrooper Commander figure. I also found the latest Mission Series 2-pack, Senate Duel with Darsidious and Yoda. I've been a defender of this in the recent Saga Legends line, but even I can't forgive the face sculpt on Sidious. He looks like he needs more fiber in his diet. Target has done a complete reset of their Star Wars section and is putting out a lot of new items to support the new Rebels cartoon series premiering in October. There are various role-playing items like masks, blasters, and lightsabers, sets of the new Command figures, which I'll discuss a little later, the 12-inch Chewbacca and Darth Vader figures, and the new large X-Wing vehicle. After seeing these new offerings, I found it a bit odd to see the Disney logo so prominently displayed on some of the packaging. And then there is the X-Wing. Everyone has given their two cents on the thing, so I figure I'll throw in my impression as well. First off, I know that it wasn't created for the adult collector, but after looking at it in the store, I do think that there are some redeeming factors. While it isn't completely scaled to the 3 and 3 quarter inch line, it is pretty close, and it could look good in a hangar bay diorama. But the real missed opportunity is the fact that the wings don't split apart. I mean, it's an X-Wing, after all. Shouldn't it have the ship's most distinctive feature? I really think that if they had molded it with the S-Foils open, it would have gone over much better. After discussing it with my focus group, otherwise known as my two boys, we decided to pass on this ship. On to the 6-inch line. These have also been found in plenty at various retailers. The newest wave, which includes the new Anakin and Phase 1 Clone Trooper, as well as the previously hard-to-find Boba Fett and Stormtrooper, seem to be everywhere. So I hope you took the advice from my previous segment if you were looking for the Stormtrooper and waited because it seems as if they're a lot easier to find. I have seen the latest wave at my local Toys R Us and Target stores, and there have been numerous reports of them also being found at Kmart and Walmart. That's right folks, it seems as if Walmart has finally jumped on the bandwagon and started carrying the 6-inch Black Series figures. Also being found at both Toys R Us and Target are the new 6-inch Deluxe figures. The Speeder Bike and Biker Scout, and the non-San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Jabba the Hutt minus the Hookah, Salacious Crumb, or the Cardboard Deus. The case breakdown seems to be two Scouts and one Jabba per case, but at almost $40 each these don't seem to be running off the shelves. Well, at least in my area. Speaking of Jabba, the San Diego Comic-Con version keeps popping up on Hasbro Toy Shop and then staying in stock for a little while. So if this is something you still need to add to your collection, keep an eye out. Be warned though, Hasbro Toy Shop seems to be packing these without much protection. So if you order from them, you may receive a damaged box. And given that the packaging is such a major selling point to this item, it is a real shame. Luckily, the one I ordered, while banged up a bit, doesn't show when I display it. And while we're discussing exclusives, there are quite a few of these out there as well. Walgreens is supposed to be getting their 6-inch prototype Boba Fett any day now, so if you missed the online pre-order, start circling now. Walmart is getting an exclusive Millennium Falcon that appears to follow in the footsteps of the X-Wing I mentioned earlier. It's over 2 feet long and has a rotating radar dish and cannon. At almost $60, I'm again unsure of the target audience for this, but if you want it, you can find it at either Walmart or Walmart.com. Over at Toys R Us, their Black Series exclusives are readily available. The Cantina set with the 6-inch Han and Greedo, and the Battle of Endor Ultimate Battle Pack, which contains the previously released Kmart exclusive Scout Walker and eight figures. Included in this massive collection are repacks of a Stormtrooper, an ATST pilot, 
Imperial Officer, two Ewoks, Han Solo, Chewbacca, and Princess Leia. At almost $100 for repacks, I don't see these moving very fast. I'm betting they will be heavily discounted come the holiday season, and I think it would be an amazing present for a child to open up. The one issue that Minton package collectors will have is that most, if not all of the packs that I have seen have been damaged in some way. Either the plastic window has been dented in or the corners have been crushed. Toys R Us has also placed their anti-theft units on these, and the wires have not been kind to the finish. I was able to find one that was in pretty good shape and decided to pick it up because I think that the longer these sit on shelves, the more damaged they will become, and also because I had one of those 20% off coupons and some reward points to spend. Also at Toys R Us, they have an exclusive plush chopper droid from the upcoming Rebels series. And while I fought the initial urge to pick up this guy, after seeing the latest Rebels footage, I'm thinking that he will be added to my collection. Soon. As far as online news, despite the fact that we are getting hit hard and fast with new product, the next waves are on the horizon and online retailers are putting up pre-orders for 3 and 3 quarter inch Black Series, 6 inch Black Series, Saga Legends, and Mission Series. So if you want to be sure that you get these figures in minty fresh condition, go pre-order them from Star Wars Action News sponsors Brian's Toys or Big Bad Toy Store. And remember, when checking out, be sure to let them know you heard about them on Star Wars Action News. The latest offering to be introduced by Hasbro is the new Command Figures line, which brings little army men to the Star Wars universe. These draw from both the original trilogy and prequel trilogy, and also the upcoming Rebels animated series. Now, After looking at these, I think that they are going to be very popular with kids. The initial offerings include sets at a wide variety of price points, and for $6 you can choose from the Galactic Empire, Sand Trooper, or Imperial Assault sets. These each include nine individual figures. For $10, you can get the Arena Assault, Endor Attack, or Jedi Duel sets, and these come with 10 figures and two small vehicles. At the $15 price point, the sets include 10 figures and four small ships or vehicles, and these sets are the Death Star Strike and the Final Battle sets. For $20, you can get the Epic Assault set, which comes with 14 figures and 6 vehicles. The Millennium Falcon set comes with 24 different figures and 7 vehicles for $25. Now, for those of you who have saved their allowance for a few weeks, there is the Star Destroyer set, which will set you back $50. For that, you get a remote control Star Destroyer, which can fire energy blast balls, and 6 figures including Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. As I said, these are nice sets and could be a lot of fun for kids or for collectors that would like to use these to set up dioramas. Over at yakface.com, there are some examples of customized command figures that have been painted. These look really nice, and I could see a new collecting niche developing here. Before we close out this edition of On the Pegs, I wanted to share a rather unique toy run. At the end of July, my family and I had the opportunity to go on an Alaskan cruise, and it was truly amazing. But when we stopped in the various Alaskan towns, me being me, I looked to see if I could find any Star Wars items. At our first stop, the city of Juneau, I was unable to locate any Star Wars items. I spoke to a few locals who indicated that for any type of specialized item, they typically just order them off the internet. At our second stop, Skagway, I was surprised to find the elusive Naboo Starfighter from 2012 at a hardware or general store. And what blew my mind is that the price wasn't any more than it would have been if it had been found at a Target or a Walmart. Further digging in the same store turned up figures from a variety of different collections, including the Legacy Collection, 30th Anniversary Collection, and even one that dated back to the Saga Collection. So if you need to pick up some older figures or hard-to-find ships, you may want to include Alaska in your toy runs. On that note, I'll give you back to Arnie and Marjorie, and until next time, keep searching the pegs.
Thank you, Jonathan. To be completely honest with our listeners, I have avoided going to stores, specifically Toys R Us lately. I've been reading online what people have been finding. I can't bring myself to go to Toys R Us right now because that set Jonathan reviewed, the Toys R Us exclusive ATST set, I know if I see it, I'm going to buy it. Yes, yes. But everything there is a repack, including the ATST itself. It's a really nice box, but as I said, I'm not a box collector. And third and most important, it will be on sale. Yes, it will. And I just am trying to stay out of Toys R Us until we get one of those coupons or the buy one, get one half off Star Wars items that they seem to do every other week or so. And then I'll go in and break down and buy that box of repacks. And hopefully I can find somebody who wants to go have these on me and then we can each pay 75. I'll buy two of those sets, buy one, get one half off and we can each save 25 bucks because... I just don't want to spend $100 on a bunch of repacks right now. I went to GalacticHunter.com and Adam Paulus was writing, are there any completists out there still? And I'm like, yeah, I'm here. (laughs) I just don't feel very good about it. But speaking of spending a cool $100, I didn't hesitate at buying the Gentle Giant Holiday Bus this year. I know I've mentioned in the past how... Minibus have really gone up in price since I started buying them, but my very first minibus, the one that dipped my toe in the water, the Chrome Stormtrooper at Celebration. Remember the Chrome Stormtrooper? I do. I do remember him. And then we went back and got the Chrome Django Fett and the Chrome Boba Fett mm-hmm. or Vader. Well, now this is their 10th year doing holiday bus from the early years when they just promoted a lot of hard feelings by only sending them to specific people to now where you could just buy them every year. This is their 10th year. What they're doing doesn't feel very holiday-y to me, but it's awesome. It's like the Oscars of minibus stormtroopers. (laughs) It's a gold stormtrooper. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about him. He looks very C-3PO, of course. He's going to draw those comparisons, but I'm, I'm not sure. Oh, I think he's so pretty. And I love General Giant's official photography. I feel their pain. You can see their overhead lights in their office there because he's so reflective. You can see like the fluorescence above his head. I'm pretty sure that's what I'm seeing. And not just studio lights. I see a couple of camera lights, but there's something else going on there lighting him. The only thing holiday-ish about him and which helps justify the premium price He also comes with a mouse droid, and the mouse droid has a little... He has a little gift tag. Yes, it's 2TK421 from Darth Vader. I would have chosen maybe a different color or maybe made him a little bit more festive, though. Perhaps some red. I mean, in a way, it's Christmassy. I mean, there's let us bring him silver and gold. Well, they did the silver stormtrooper a long time ago. Now we have gold. Now all we need is the myrrh. What about frankincense? But... I think this is really nice. It's only for Premier Guild members, and it's $100 plus shipping. But I've been picking and choosing on my mini busts. Perhaps I should have picked instead of chose the Porkins, as he's now available (laughs) at AFX for less than I paid. I knew that would happen. Why did I buy him? But this Stormtrooper is very pretty. And also, speaking of online ordering, over at Brian's Toys, our sponsor, they have Tons of Star Wars stuff up for pre-order. You can pre-order right now 
Black Series Hasbro figures, Wave 5, 3 and 3 quarter inch. You can get just the set of four new figures to that wave, which is Darth Vader from Revenge of the Sith, Wedge Antilles, Reese, and Jabba Skiffguard. Or you can get all eight figures that are packaged in that wave, which is a tremendous bargain as you're getting four extra figures for 10 extra dollars. They also have AFA graded vintage right now. There's a 21-back AFA Greedo that I am lusting after. Star Wars card, unpunched, AFA 85. How much is it? $1,300. So, folks, there's a donate button on the Star Wars Action News homepage. <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. I, I actually don't do AFA specifically, but that's a nice, nice Greedo. That's an uncanny Greedo. They also have a 12-back. AFA 85 Vader. Wow. So much coolness there. If you get into the higher end collectibles, you can also pre-order the FX collectibles biker scout helmet or Sideshow's 12-inch Bomb Squad clone. And remember when checking out at Brian's Toys, choose from the drop down that you heard about them from podcast Star Wars Action News. They've also got the statues based off of Jeffrey Brown's books, the Vader's Little Princess and... The Darth Vader and Son statue, too, which those are super cute. And if you read those stories to your kids, you probably should get the statues. Yeah, very nice. Now coming up, we've got the Ginger Prince, and he went to the London Film and Comic Con, where he said it was really, really, really hot. Greetings all, this is Steve, the Ginger Prince, and whilst I couldn't make it across the pond for the biggest party in the US, San Diego Comic Con, I was able to visit the UK's largest convention, London Film and Comic Con, a couple of weeks ago, and I thought I'd catch you up on what I got up to. The con took place over the weekend of the 11th to the 13th of July, but due to work commitments, the lovely Suzanne and I could only make the Saturday. The event was once again being held at the Earl's Court 2 Exhibition Centre in the Royal Borough of Kensington and Chelsea. Opened at a cost of £100 million 25 years ago, this venue is apparently big enough to hold four jumbo jets, which I now know isn't enough space for all the geeks in the UK. The con was marred by queues, the likes of which I've never seen before. Some of my Twitter friends, who had not pre-bought tickets, reported queuing for six hours on the Saturday before giving up any hope of getting in. I'd used my loaf and pre-booked tickets. Not early bird tickets, as our train from Manchester didn't get in till mid-morning. Upon arriving, we were faced with an hour queue, even with our pre-booked tickets. Luckily, being good-looking and full of charm means that often one doesn't have to queue, and we got in straight away. First on our agenda was an autograph hunt, so we made our way past the giant dragon skeleton, which I presume was from Game of Thrones, through the 200-plus vendors to the back of the hall where the 50-plus signing guests were. There was a good Star Wars turnout, and I can't help think that the fact that Ep7 is being made in this country is helping con organisers. Carrie Fisher suddenly appeared on the guest list for this event about three weeks ago, probably just because she was in the country. Our first signee was Corey D. Williams, probably here because his dad was on the guest list, and wow, does he ever look like his old man. He could definitely play Lando if Ep7 had a plot in which Lando had not aged. Corey played Jabba's skiff guard, Klaatu. You know, so named because of Klaatu, Berent, Niktu. I think that's how it went anyway. 
Corey was a lovely fella. We talked about his job as a fitness instructor and the fact that he was getting back into his music. His lovely security people wouldn't let him pose for a photo with me, but he went behind their back and allowed me to grab a quick snap. Sat next to Corey was perhaps the coolest Star Wars actor I've ever met. I say actor, he's actually a stuntman and perfectly suited for the job as his resting pulse rate didn't appear to go above 40 beats per minute. Julius LaFleur is one hell of a cool name and it matches this dude down to the ground. He was so cool that he was barely moving. So cool he wouldn't pose for photos. So cool he signed his autograph upside down. Julius played the Wike Skiffmaster in Return of the Jedi, and I asked him to sign an iconic photo of him falling into Freud's Sarlacc pit, but he couldn't be arsed turning the photo around to sign it, so if I want his signature the right way up, the photo looks like he's a jetpack-powered FET figure flying away from his fate. I'm being a little unfair on the guy. He was up for a bit of a chat. We talked about his stunt work, which included wearing an unlicensed nuclear reactor on his back, being Ernie Hudson's stunt double in Ghostbusters. Our third signee was another denizen in Jabba's employ. Mr. Phil Herbert wore a full bodysuit in Return of the Jedi to play Yodlehi. Get it? Hermie Odal. Hermie Yodel. Alright, I'll behave. Phil is a mime artist, and you can tell. He's got a really expressive rubbery face. We discussed his place as one of the biggest action figures in the three and three quarter inch line, and agreed that only Jabba himself, Effant Mon, and the Wampa are bigger. From a big fella to a small fella, our last signing guest was Andy Hurd, who played both a Jawa in Jabba's palace and an Ewok. He was able to point himself as a furry teddy out, so we got him to sign an Ewok photo. Whilst he signed, we chatted about Ep7, and how things like smartphones make it so much easier nowadays for things to leak out. All autographs collected, we set our attention to shopping, and there's nothing that the lovely Suzanne loves more than shopping for shoes. Well, perhaps shopping for clothes or for handbags, or for jewellery. Well, I never thought we'd be shopping for shoes at a comic con, but that was until we met a lovely lady called Dragonfly Heels. It was the first time doing a con, and she was sporting an R2-D2 dress along with a pair of awesome R2-D2 high-heeled shoes. Suzanne instantly got shoe envy, but she doesn't wear high heels. Luckily, she'd just made her first pair of R2 wedges, and at a round price of £50, we were picking them up. These shoes have to be seen to be believed. They're bling-tastic, white with a silver wedge. They're noduled, and it's these nodules that are painted to give the appearance of our favourite droid, rather than stick on sequins that would be likely to come off once worn. These shoes are so good that they can't be kept in a box, and I'd quite happily display them in my collection room. This was not our only purchase of the day. At the stall of our good friends Star's Own Toys, Suzanne was also able to add to a recent Chip and Dale as Ewoks purchase by picking up another Star Wars Muppet crossover set. This time, Bean Bunny as Wicket and the Chicken as Stormtrooper. Bean Bunny works as Wicket and will go nicely with Chip and Dale, but the Chicken is a badly made figure. It's too top heavy causing its base to curve up and it won't last long. Its legs are going to snap off for sure. The Stormtrooper helmet makes it look silly, being so big compared to its body size. With Suzanne having made two purchases to my zero, I got scouring the stalls. There was no new 3 and 3 quarter inch Black Series to be seen, and the only 6 inch Black Series that I still need, the Stormtrooper and the newer Sand Trooper, were priced out of reach at £40 each. Rooting through some figure bins, I did find something that was missing from my 3 and 3 quarter inch collection the Geonosian War Room 3-pack from the Saga collection. 
For £15 I picked it up as I need a shoe my figure. I have her aid Cat Min, but not the lady herself. This is an odd pack. The holographic battlefield table is not at all well done, and really cheaply made. It looks more like a children's paddling pool full of strawberry jelly than a tactical display board. The figures are a mix of bright and muted colours. Shumai is the right colour, but the contrast is turned right up. Her purple and blue skirt clashes horribly with a red tunic and a blue skin, and it truly is a terribly painted figure. The Newt Gunray is a nice face sculpt, but his robes are similarly off-key in terms of their colour. Pasol Argente appeared in garish orange robes in the Revenge of the Sith line, but this earlier version, which I think was just repainted for the later version, is a less canonical but easier on the eye paint job, using browns and creams. All in all, I was happy with £5 a figure to fill a hole in my collection. Before I could spend any more money, Suzanne was at it again, this time eyeing up a vintage vehicle of sorts. She found an Ewok combat glider in a decent condition box, still with its instructions, and the guy wanted £36 for it. Suzanne's Ewok shrine is really coming along, and some vintage packaging would really make it pop. So I put my haggling skills to work and talked him down to 30 quid which I felt was a nice price. Still 10 times more than its original cost though. I love vintage packaging that's still got the original price sticker on. I think it really adds to a piece, gives it a sense of love that you don't get with a pristine vintage item. I'm not the box nerd, but I think it's in decent knit, and I love the instruction booklet. Its pictures of the Ewok make it look like a sad, cuddly bat with oversized testicles. My final purchase of the day was from a group of guys who it turned out are listeners of the podcast. The Retro Draftsman create limited edition artwork prints that are hand-measured to scale from original vintage toys and games, and their prints are awesome with a capital A. They've been a going concern for just over a year, and cover franchises from Star Wars through to Transformers. I poured through their Star Wars offerings, being as careful as I could not to drool over the prints. If you're a collector of Star Wars vehicles or action figures, it's not a question of whether you're going to buy some of their work, but how much of it you're going to buy. With my space concerns, I decided to limit myself to a single piece, and plumped for a mounted 2 to one scale drawing of the badly motivated R5-D4. I ummed and I ahed over R2-D2, but R5 is more coloured, and has more attitude. I'm going to frame this in a gold frame and buy a really nice vintage figure to display next to where I hang it. They've got a Twitter page, a Facebook page and an Etsy store, and I highly recommend checking them out. Their work is quality. All spent up, we used up our remaining time at the con to check out the cosplay on offer, and there was some great work. Our highlights were not Star Wars costumers, there were a ton of Power Rangers, all out to meet some of the actors and actresses who were there. There were some great X-Men, including a fine Hank McCoy the biggest group of judges that I've ever seen, some of which were well in character, and I got judged for taking their photo. The best blade you'll see at a con, spoil only by a short stature, and other franchises represented like Lego and Marvel. It's a shame that a lot of this cosplay happened outside the venue, as a good number of folks just couldn't get inside. Like a lot of cons I go to in the UK at the moment, they need a bigger venue. Geek culture is booming over here, especially amongst the teen girls. The trouble is that there aren't many larger venues available. You'll struggle to find places that can take 10,000 folks plus a hall full of vendors. We don't have the space in this country, and none of the massive convention centres that the US has. Right, I've waffled on enough. Time to hand you back to your hosts, Marjorie and Arnie.
Thank you, Steve. Now we'll be going to another Comic-Con this year in, well, just a few days, it seems. Wizard World Chicago, which has been an annual tradition for Arnie and I, even before we had this show, is happening at the end of August. So we're going to go there. Wizard World has expanded to 16 cities and 16 shows. But make no mistake, Chicago is their flagship show. I did some research on this, and I had no idea how long this had been running. It actually started back in 1972. You're kidding. That's older than me. Yeah, it was called Nostalgia 72 and then changed to Chicago Comic Con, then the Chicago Comic and Nostalgia Convention, and finally in 1997, it was bought by Wizard and it is their premiere show. And I've heard some grousing, not enough Star Wars. Well, yeah, Billy D isn't sitting in the autograph area twiddling his thumbs, which I've seen him do at other cons. But... There are nine Star Wars trading card and comic book artists there. And that's really cool. It's always a good time because it seems to kind of be the closing down of the cons. I know we have New York Comic Con and a few others after that. But for some reason, at Wizard World Chicago, there are so many bargains, it's not even funny. Sometimes. Last year, I think we had a little bit of a harder time. But I'm going for some good shopping and possibly picking up a sketch or two over there and just having a good time. If you're going to Wizard World, take a look for us. We'll be there all day Saturday and a little bit Sunday, and we will have our badges to hand out based off Star Wars movie posters. Chris has done some amazing graphic design on those. And also, if you're around Saturday night, we have our annual Star Wars Action News get-together dinner, and we can give you the details. We do need to keep an eye on how many people are coming. We just crash at a restaurant. It's not like the Comic-Con breakfast or anything, so we have only so many seats, but if you're interested in coming, drop us a line through Facebook or our, more specifically through the forums, and we'll give you all the details so you can join us. Usually it's about 20, 30 people. We don't want to get it too much bigger than that. Yeah, it's just a little casual thing. Everybody pays their own meal, and it's just fun. Mostly it's a great chance to see friends who we only see in Chicago. Yeah, and that's the nice part of it. Everybody just gets to kind of hang out. We get to sit down, which is super awesome to be able to sit down after walking around, have a cold beer, have a cold soda. They've got great burgers there. Brock will be there, Jonathan will be there, Marjorie and I will be there, and Daryl, our video editor, will be there. So, a nice representation of the Star Wars Action News team. And then we'll be back in two weeks to tell you how things went at Wizard World, as well as with, finally, I feel like these are Lindsey Buckingham or Matt Damon, <laughs> but for three shows, I've had... Star Wars three and three quarter inch wave four figure sitting next to us and oh, we're out of time. Sorry. So we'll have that review for you in two weeks. Thank you for listening. Thank you. We'll see you in two weeks or at Wizard World before that. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can be on the next episode of Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at SWActionNews.com. All materials submitted are subject to use on our show. We want your feedback on Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at SWActionNews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at SWActionNews.com, the most friendly forums on the web.
You can also find Star Wars Action News on Facebook and Twitter. The links to our social media sites are at SWActionNews.com. If you enjoyed the show, please post about Star Wars Action News on Facebook, Twitter, or your social media network of choice, or just tell a friend about the show. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star written review on iTunes. A link to our iTunes feed is at SWActionNews.com. If you also enjoy Marvel Comics, you can hear Arnie and Marjorie talk about the toys and statues based on Marvel Comics characters on the Marvelicious Toys podcast at MarveliciousToys.com. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, edited, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. Star Wars Action News podcast video enhancement by Andrew, Daryl, Josh, and Barrett. Star Wars Action News website designed by Jason. Photo editing by Jay. Graphic design by Chris. Associate produced and announcements by Brock. Segments hosted by Jerry, Jonathan, Brock, Nathan, and Steve. For more Star Wars collecting, please check out GalacticHunter.com, JediDefender.com, JediTempleArchives.com, and YakFace.com. And we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by Star Wars fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all that the Star Wars universe contains is trademark and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company, all rights reserved. Star Wars Action News is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2014, all rights reserved, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Until next time, may the pegs be stopped and the force be with you. Star Wars Action News, now this is podcasting. out too late the night before i'm not really sure who's to judge come on that means she can't remember because of the big glass of jack daniels that was not my fault <laughs> that was jay's fault don't ever let him order you a drink